<laughs> I was trying so hard to record that before you finished. It didn't work. I was so sad. Like, I'm disappointed. I thought you had got it. The look on your face said you nailed it. No. But... No, I was, like, waiting for it to hit, like, actually start recording, and it did right as you ended. Oh, oh, good, good. (laughs) You guys are wondering, Sabrina was practicing her singing skills. (laughs) It it was pretty good. It was, you know. Yes. I had to uh, get ready. All right. Uh, So how was your week? Like, all of my weeks seem to be a blur as of late. I don't, like, I don't. Yeah, it's because it's, well, technically when this comes out, we'll, we'll finally be into March, but February is a short month, yeah. so it makes everything seem rushed. Yeah, and, like, this will post well after Mardi Gras, but hopefully everybody had a, a decent Mardi Gras. Yeah. Yeah, and if you, you know, practice it, a, a good Ash Wednesday and a, a Lint, like, good luck on your Lint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And then on to St. Patrick's Day. Green beer for all. Or yes. unless you're doing Lent. If you if you gave up beer, I'm so sorry. Green water. Just doesn't have the same ring to it. Um, but let's see what else. I, I propagated half of my succulents. Okay. Um, played the new patch in WoW. How was that? It's not bad. Like, it's it's okay. It's grindy, like the last one. Um, This area also just fills your bag with bullshit, like the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're waiting for next week, and they're going to release more of the new stuff, like nerfs and buffs to characters and mm-hmm. new content and stuff. I believe that's next week. Uh, yeah. Lovely. I've had a really boring week, I think. Work was kind of crazy. Uh... Some things happen, can't talk about here, just mm-hmm. in case, you know, what else? Gotcha. Russia's busy with the, the Ukraine, so Man, like, props <laughs> to fucking Ukraine. Like, they are, they are putting up a fight, and... I am so proud of them. Like, I am so proud of them. Fucking mad respect for their president. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, and the guys on that island. Yeah. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Loved yeah, it. I just I was like, like, y'all are my heroes. <laughs> like Jesus has a beer waiting for you in heaven right now. Just yeah. Like the little skit that, you know, I'm sure everybody's seen it at this point, but where they have the mic is hot and he's like, Should I tell them to go fuck themselves? Like, yeah, 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 do it just in case. Hey Russia, go fuck yourself and then, you know yeah. unfortunately death ensues, but like That and- guy died happy. That guy died a hero and happy. Yeah, like that's the thing. I mean, what a way to go! Yeah, telling what a way telling go. Russia to go fuck themselves. Like okay, and then um, yeah. they're now taking out all the street signs and changing all of the sign, like the electronic signs, to read "Go fuck yourself." I love it. Yeah, I was like, Dang. I fucking love it. <laughs> yep, I'm very proud of Ukraine. They are fighting like a motherfucker and. Yeah. So obviously our thoughts and prayers go out with them because right now they are going through a really hard time. And hopefully by the time this comes out, which I know that it's probably not going to be, but hopefully everything's resolved and Russia goes back into its little frozen hole. 
Yeah. But um just keep an eye on it, see how it goes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um I don't like I don't I don't really have anything else. Wow, you really are boring. Yeah, how was your week? <laughs> just as boring. Yeah, see? <laughs> I did laundry. Uh. Yeah, I got some laundry done. I got my backyard done. I finally burned my burn pile, y'all. Nice. My backyard looks like it has so much more room. That's nice. how big that pile was. Like, I can actually see when my dog goes to the back of the yard now. And I am just so tickled. And if you burn bamboo, it sounds like shotguns going off everywhere. Like, okay. so... I didn't realize that, and it was like 8.30 in the morning, so I decided I would not burn any more bamboo, and I just kind of pushed it over close to the fence where it's kind of out of the way, but I burned most of it. By that point, I don't know why I didn't throw the other two bamboo sticks on there. At that point, we had the war already going in my backyard, so, but um, I downloaded WoW. Nice, yes. How's that going? It's a little bit of a learning curve, yeah? Yeah, I had to start a whole new character before. I, I mean, I got on my main and I killed her and I was like, I'm so sorry. I bet she was like, the fuck? I was not raised like this. So I had to start a new character to learn all this stuff again. So far, it's fun. Yeah, I'm just kind of running around, seeing things. Um, nice, nice, nice. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have been meaning to tell you this for weeks, Uh and it just always slips my mind, but I wrote myself a little note to tell you. I have actually a lot of notes on here, but uh, every time we hang up or we end the podcast, I'm like, shit, I didn't tell her. So you know those little handy dandy pins that you bought me? Yes. Well, see... When I was working my second job, I was taking a lot of notes. Okay. And I had both of the pins, my favorite pin, and then the pin you bought me. I had them side by side. Okay. And I wasn't paying attention, and I kept using the pin that you bought me. And then one morning, I picked up my pen and started writing. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I realized what had happened. I betrayed my pen. I betrayed it. <laughs> And now, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up, because I am still using that pen while my pen is sitting there in betrayal, just staring at me as I take, you know, write stuff down for work or numbers or whatever for work, because it's like, you know, singing that song, everybody hurts while it just sits there (laughs) and watches me use, use your pen. So thank you. I am now a traitor to my... My pen that has been loyal to me mm-hmm. for years yeah. is now collecting dust. It's your backup in the event of. I felt so bad because I was like, what the fuck is it? Like, I was getting pissed. Like, I thought I had this cheap ass pen that. And then I realized what it was. And I was like, oh, I take it back. I take it back. I love you. <laughs> But you're gonna have to sit over here now. <laughs> but I need this other oh, one. My All my notes have to look the same. Oh. It was horrible. I'm so yeah, sorry. So, anyways, thank you for my pins. <laughs> <laughs> you and the are betrayal welcome. you have brought into my house. You are so welcome. Okay. Did you share um, this with Eric at least? 
<laughs> he knows. Okay. He knows. Because now he doesn't have the one that I gave him to use. Oh, no. Because I brought it back to me just in case that one runs out of me. Oh, no. <laughs> Girl, I bought you four of them. What have you done with them? Oh, no. They're all, they're, they're, they're grouped up together, huddled. Oh. So oh. Staying warm. Mm-hmm. you are welcome so um yes that's about it okay Uh, yeah work is getting we're finally getting caught up on work so that's good it's not quite as crazy oh your one job my one job is that i am so much more appreciative of yes yeah yeah uh yeah i think that's all i got the only other funny thing I have is Monday I called to make an appointment to see my doctor. Because mm-hmm. I need to get some medicine like renewed and re-evaluated. But yeah. it was funny because, of course, I'm talking to the scheduling nurse. Mm-hmm. And I said, I need to see my doctor because my watch says I'm fine. But my anxiety tells me I'm dying. And she lost it. <laughs> I was like, so I'd really just like to get this reevaluated. She's like, okay, no problem. Like, still laughing as she's making this appointment. But I cracked myself up when I said it. But every time, <laughs> like, I have this little, you know, hiccup in my life, I'm like, this is it. I'm dying. I just know it. I'm only 30 <laughs> in my 30s. This, I'm going to die. Like, I'm not even going to make it to the end of my life. But yes. I'm sure That's everybody has felt that. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, because, you know, you just kind of look down and you're like, there is no way that my heart rate right now is is at 85 and because it feels like it should be at 120. But yeah, yes. Like, yeah. pretty sure hearts aren't naturally supposed to do this, but here we are. I'm dying. Here we are. So. You're not dying. You're not allowed to die. Uh, Unless you say go fuck yourself as your last words. Might happen. I'm just saying. Hashtag go fuck yourself. Heard it here first, you folks. Should I tell? Should I tell him to go fuck himself? Oh, <laughs> try just, just, just be safe. All right. But yeah. All right. Cool. Well, um, right. we had very boring weeks, guys. Sorry, but that's what sorry we get from us. But next weekend, I will have some stories to tell. Hopefully, so I got I got some plans next weekend. But this will already be out, so you'll have to wait yeah, for the a next whole episode. another week. <laughs> a whole another week before you hear those plans. Yes, that's okay. If everything works out, either way, I'm gonna have fun. Who cares? Are y'all ready for this? I am doing a story that is kind of strange to me. And I, the only reason I'm doing this is because when I work, you know, I usually have the TV on and it's just playing for background noise, but this name kept popping up throughout the week. Okay. And so I never, I did, I don't understand why it's such a big thing now. And I, I still kind of don't understand why it's a big thing, but I was like, yeah, let's look into it and see what happens. Girl. My story is on Anna Delvey. Okay. She is a Russian-German, born in Russia, 
moved to German, Germany, German, German. German. Got it. (laughs) Her real name is Anna Sorkin. Okay. Uh, she was arrested essentially due to, um, grand larceny. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're going to start with her. Where was she arrested? In New York. Well, actually she was arrested in Los Angeles, but it all started in New York. So Anna was born on January 23rd, 91. So she's only like, what? Well, now she's in her 30s. But yep. when all this happened, she was in her early 20s. Okay. Um, she was born in a small town south of Moscow. Now, gee, I'm not even going to try to name any of the German towns. <laughs> but you're going to try the Russian ones. Or the Russian ones. I'm okay. not doing any of it. Yeah. German or Russian, I'm just going to say Moscow, Germany, Russia, because we're, we're not going to be there very long. Then we're going to be in the United States. So her father uh, worked as a truck driver while her mother was a small convenience store owner. In 2007, Anna was 16. Her family relocated to Germany. So they went from Russia Yep. From Moscow to Germany. Uh, her father became an executive at a tra- uh, transport company until the company closed in 2013. He then opened a HVAC business specializing in efficient energy use. So that's pretty cool. That pretty and cool. then Anna's mother then became a housewife. So Anna went to a lot of very big private schools Peers say she was really quiet and she struggled with the German language. Makes sense. Um, so due to the fact that she was kind of an outcast at these schools, she really got into fashion. So she was reading the vlog magazine. Uh, she would look up fashion blogs, uh, live journal and Flickr, I guess, is was a, a thing. It's still a thing. Oh, OK. Well, there's my age. Anyways. What is it? It's like an image sharing platform. So it's like another Instagram type thing. More or less, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Works for me. Okay. Uh, after graduating in June of 21, Anna moved to London and she attended an art school, but soon dropped out and returned to Germany. In 2012, she briefly interned at a public relations company in Berlin. Uh, Anna then relocated to Paris, where she earned about $400 a month through an internship for Purple, which is a French uh, fashion magazine. Hmm. Anna didn't really contact her parents often, but they did subsidize her rent for her. Around the time... Anna started using the name Anna Delvey, which she claimed was her mother's maiden name, but her parents do not recognize the surname. So Anna later admitted she just came up with the name to reinvent herself. So she was just trying to, I mean, you can't blame a girl for trying to reinvent herself. Well, especially if you're in that fashion industry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You know, gorilla. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> in the summer of 2013, Anna traveled to New York City to attend New York Fashion Week. 
Uh, finding it easier to make friends in New York than in Paris, she opted to stay transferring to the Purple's New York office for a brief time. She quit Purple, came up with the idea of the Anna Delvey Foundation, a private members-only club, and an art foundation, and unsuccessfully, which I don't like that word there, because everything that I've watched, she got real close. Like, she did not, it's the truth, she unsuccessfully sought funding from wealthy members of the city, but she was right there, just yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. She could taste it. I mean, she could see <laughs> the money. It just had to slide across the table. Um, her proposal included leasing an entire church missions house, compromising of six floors and 45,000 square feet, owned by Abby Rawson, uh, RFR Holdings, as a multi-purpose events venue and art studio, where she planned a visual arts center and pop-up shops curated by artist Daniel Arsham, one of her acquaintances from her internship. And she had an A-list of people. Usher, Usher, not Usher. Damien Hurst, Jeff Coons, Tracy, Emmy. She had a lot of people. Clearly. They they were all like A-listers, yeah. top of the line, um, to help her with this project. And a lot of people, when she first started, they didn't give her credit like, where credit was due. Yeah. They were just like, okay, who are we don't even know who you are. But because she acted wealthy and she dressed wealthy, they were like, Oh, well, you must be one of us. Talia's Cruella. Exactly. Exactly. It's not peasant like me. I'm good with being a peasant. Anyway, <laughs> in the summer of 2014, at a hotel party in New York, Anna pretended to be a wealthy heiress and awkwardly bragged about her wealth and how much money she spent and the brands of clothes that she was wearing, uh, yet asked partygoers for a place to sleep. She was found the next morning sleeping in a car. She would organize events, inviting people that she barely knew, uh, but then would ask them to pay for her drinks. She was considered to be entitled and mean, especially to people in the service industry. So I guess this is when she first gets there. Uh, she would call people she barely met crying, telling them that her credit cards did not work and she needed funds in an emergency. See, that screams scam. Red flags, yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2015, Anna met an art collector and the University of Pennsylvania student Michael uh, hey, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, at Michael. a dinner party. <laughs> Michael at a dinner party. Upon learning that Michael's plan attended the Venice. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, some kind of like high end party. Uh, Anna asked if she could accompany him. He agreed, booked the flight and hotel for Anna on the understanding that she would reimburse him for the two to $3,000 cost. This was not a cheap party. No. Upon their return to New York, Anna appeared to forget the arrangement and failed to pay. Michael initially assumed that Anna was simply absent-minded. So, you know, what's two, $3,000? Pocket change. It'll be all right. That stresses me out. Uh, In 2015, Anna also attended an art art 
something in Miami. Anna hired a public relations firm to book a birthday party for herself at uh, Sedell's restaurant in January of 2016 after her credit card was denied and pictures of Michael at the event were posted on social media. Michael was asked by the restaurant and staff if he had Anna's contact contact details. At this time, Michael became suspicious of Anna, also noticing that she strangely always paid with cash and always lived in a hotel, not an apartment. He was eventually repaid from a Venmo account by an unfamiliar name, then blocked Anna on social media, ending their friendship. Mm, Can you imagine how much that party costs? I mean, no, no. had to have been more than two to three thousand dollars because he yep. was cool with losing that. <laughs> but he wasn't cool about the other part. He wasn't cool about the other thing. Yeah. So here's where something changes in Anna's life. And I'm not really sure what it is. But um, in 2016, when Anna was living in a hotel room, the standard Highline, she met Rachel Williams. Um, th- at the time that they met. Rachel was an editor at Vanity Fair. They met at a nightclub. Uh, Rachel described Anna as uh, demanding and rude to wait staff and said when an elevator opened, she wouldn't wait for people to get off. She would just barge her way in like, you fucking people, get out of my way. Do you not know who I am? Um, Nevertheless, Rachel became close friends with Anna and was later instrumental in her arrest. Mm. At least she didn't stab her. Friends don't stab friends. Yeah. (laughs) Or in the back. Okay. Just to say. No, okay. Buy or die. That's the way it goes. Okay. Okay. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Uh, But wait till you hear this. I mean, it it just, this girl, so young, so naive. So dumb. Anyway. Yeah. So dumb. Okay. So Anna used Microsoft Word to create fake bank statements and other financial documents uh, showing that she had $60 million in a Swiss bank account but could not access them since they were in a trust and she was in the U.S. One of Anna's acquaintances put her in touch with a lawyer, Gibson Dunn, who put her in touch with several large financial institutions, including City National Bank, uh, Forest Investment Group, like big-name banks in, yeah. in New York. Uh, In November of 2016, Anna submitted false documents as part of a loan application for a $22 million loan to City National. City National refused to extend credit when Anna failed to provide the source of the Swiss assets. And she then applied for a loan from uh, Fortress. Fortress agreed to consider the application if Anna paid $100,000. 22 million, 100,000. I mean, I think that's a fair ask yeah. to cover legal, legal expenses relating to the application. That's fair. Yeah. In December, uh, Anna was unable to pay rent uh, on the church mansion's house where she was going to have her foundation. Uh, and it was instead leased to mm-hmm, in New York, okay. some kind of New York, somebody else yeah. got the lease on it. On January 12, 2017, Anna convinced City National to grant her a temporary overdraft facility for the 100000 on the promise that it would be repaid quickly. 
Anna provided a fake AOL email address of Peter Hinnick, a non-existent business manager. When suspense arose, Anna claimed that he died and invented a new persona, Miss Wagner. Okay. This girl was smart. So it doesn't say this in here, but I watched... um, I watched a Netflix documentary, well, a next, like a recreation, you know how Netflix yeah, yeah. does their own thing, like a short, limited series. Um, and they're, the way that they claimed that she was able to do this was to buy different Sims card, yeah. like a $10 Sims card, and then had a voice changer and was like, talking to these people. So these people are talking, thinking that they are actually talking to somebody overseas and they're talking to her. It's a fucking genius. Nice. Just genius. Okay. Uh, Prosecutors in her trial showed that she used Google search to create fake untraceable email. Anna remitted the 100,000 to uh, Fortis for the loan application, but a manager, managing director at Fortis became suspicious of Anna's application due to the discrepancies in her paperwork. For example, she claimed to be of German heritage, but her passport showed her being born in Russia. When the director arranged to verify Anna's assets by meeting her bankers in Switzerland, she withdrew the loan application to prevent further scrutiny. On February 17th, the $55,000 portion of the overdraft not spent by Fortress as part of due diligence process was returned to Anna. So they gave her money of their Anna then spent it on lavish and luxury clothes, electronics, a personal trainer, as well as an $800 hair highlight and $400 eyelash extension. She just went on a fucking shopping spree instead of trying to pay, like, here, I have 55000 for the loan. Will you take that? Yeah. She just said, fuck it. Living my best life for the next couple days. The way she was spending it? Yeah. Next couple yeah, days. Yeah, couple days. <laughs> <laughs> um, on February 18th, 2017, Anna checked into a $400 a night room at the 11 Howard Hotel in Manhattan. She often gave a hundred dollar cash group to group yep that one mm-hmm. yep yep, yep, that. yep uh to anybody that helped her uh whom she actually became friends uh with daniel nope nope what was her name she became with one uh, friends with one of the concierge but it doesn't say her name however um most of the the staff found Anna to be annoying and describing her comments as impolite and classless. Anna became comfortable in the hotel and regularly walked around in leggings or a hotel robe. So basically like she was living, literally living Living there at $400 a night. Um, Often dining at their restaurant, at their hotel restaurant where Anna befriended the chef, Daniel Rose. And Build the cost of her meals to her room. So her bill is getting big. Uh, she treated 
the uh, concierge to massages, manicures, and sessions with the personal trainer. So this concierge is making out like a freaking bandit. And you're not really supposed to fraternize with your guests. But, I mean, if she's paying you $100 every time you help her, I mean, I'd do it too. And she's paying for massages, manicures, personal trainer. everything. I, I, I could be your friend for a minute. Because uh, I'd probably be able to pay off half my debt if I spent like two days with her. Pay right? off half my debt. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bam. Just like I'll that. I'll be your friend. Anyways. Uh, after the management discovered that there was no credit card on file for Anna, oh, they God. insisted that she settle her $30,000 bill. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. $30,000. Yeah. Anna had bought a bottle of 1975 champagne and had it del- uh, delivered to the staff in an attempt to keep them on her side. However, hotel policy prevented the staff from keeping the gift. By March 2017, uh, one month after receiving the 55000 remaining from the loan application fee due to her lavish spending, Anna had run out of money. So she ran out of money in a month, but $30,000 staying in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I thought I was a bad spender. Holy Christ. No. Like this girl makes me look perfect with my finances. Yes. yes. I don't feel so bad going on Amazon. No, me I like, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah. She would then offer to take her friends out, to, uh, out for drinks, dinner, uh, but when it t- came time to pay the bill, she would claim that she had forgotten her credit cards or her c- credit cards wouldn't work because they were from overseas. By the time Anna was very active in the New York social scene, she attended dinner parties where she met a lot of high class people, like yeah. really rich, high people. I'm not going to name drop them because they are very up there but if you want to read them it's all over the internet but just for the podcast safety we'll just do that okay okay in april uh 2017 anna deposited one hundred sixty thousand dollars worth of fraudulent checks into citibank account of which she was able to retrieve seventy thousand in usable funds she then wired 30000 to 11 Howard Hotel to pay the outstanding balance. Well, hey, at least she paid the hotel. In May, she just keeps going. Yeah, she does. In May of 2017, by sending a forged wire transfer confirmation from a bank overseas, for thirty five thousand three hundred ninety, Anna booked a return charter flight flight on a business jet via Blade to Omaha, Nebraska, to attend an annual general meeting of Hathaway. She stole this private jet. She she stole it. So, uh, with the goal of meeting Warren Buffett. So Anna had allegedly met. Blade CEO Robert Winstall, although later said he did not know her at all. Uh, he reported her to the police in August of 2017 after re- repeated failure to pay. 
Anna later claimed that during the trip, she snuck into a private party uh, at the Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium where she managed to mingle with Bill Gates. She was a big name dropper. Clearly. Uh, so since Anna still refused to provide a credit card to 11 Hour Hotel while she was in Omaha, the entry code to her hotel room was changed and her belongings were placed in storage as retribution using a a tactic she learned from, uh, Martin. Mm -hmm. Uh, she purchased the domain names corresponding to the names of the hotel managers and emailed them asking for ransom of 1 million each. Wow. With her friend, Rachel, uh, after three months of living with, Oh, it was with the help of her friend, Rachel. After three months of living at the Howard Hotel, Anna moved her belongings to the Mercer Hotel. Um, Anna also stayed two nights at Bowerly Hotel, uh, sending the hotel a fake wire transfer receipt from her over her Swiss bank or her bank overseas. Um, here's where it gets... Here's where it gets interesting. In May of 2017, Anna invited Rachel, as well as her personal trainer and a camera crew, well, that consisted of one guy, but the camera guy, um, on what she called an all-expense-paid travel journey to Morocco, supposedly because she needed to rest. The trip was inspired by Khloe Kardashian, uh, Anna booked a seven thousand dollar a night, uh, like resort retreat room, like suite room. It had three $7, bedrooms. Dollars a night. It had three bedrooms, a private swimming pool, and a dedicated butler, a five star luxury hotel. And had plans to make a behind-the-scenes documentary on the creation of her foundation. However, after a few days, staff said they were unable to charge Anna's credit cards and demanded an alternate form of payment. Now, she is not in the United States. She is in Morocco. Morocco, yeah. They're not going to fuck around. They're going to get their money. Yep. So Anna gave excuses, blaming people for typing in the numbers wrong or their systems being down. The lack of a credit card on file led the hotel staff led to hotel staff members being fired. Like they were not fucking around. Anna convinced Rachel to pay oh, the $62,000 bill, which was more than a year's of net more than a year of net salary for Rachel using not only her personal credit card, but also her work credit card with a promise to reimburse her via wire transfer. Rachel had also paid for the flights to Morocco items purchased by Anna and a private tour of a garden over there. Using her credit cards with the promise by Anna to be reimbursed. Despite repeated promises from Anna and one excuse after another, 
Rachel was only repaid $5,000 and needed to borrow money from friends and her family to pay rent uh, as she only had like $410 in her checking account at the time. Holy Christ. Yes. Yes. Holy Christ. Yeah. Over $60,000? Mother of God. Like, why didn't this girl just fucking rent the house? That, right? Yeah. And still probably wouldn't have even gotten close to the $62,000. She could have put that $50,000 into, like, an investment account and just lived off the fucking interest. Yeah. But so she no, didn't. No, this girl wanted to have a $30,000 hotel bill. Holy What? Mm-hmm. Here is there is some good news about Rachel though. Living way above your means, girl. Okay, oh, way above her means. <laughs> uh, American Express later re- removed approximately fifty two thousand dollars worth of the credit card charges after contacting other acquaintances who also lent money to Anna and were not repaid, and also the lawyers helped her yeah. get yeah. that down. So. Uh, Rachel didn't know at the time that there were more people that Anna was doing this to, but realized that Anna was now committing fraud because it happened to her. So now it's now it's fraud in Morocco. Anna also stayed uh, at a limited, a, a virgin limited edition luxury hotel and at a Four Seasons hotel and resorts in Casablanca where she asked her personal trainer who had already returned to New York due to foodborne illness to pay for the room. When the trainer also offered to pay for her flight back to New York, Anna asked for first class. Mother of God. (laughs) So she's like stuck in Morocco with nowhere to go, calls her trainer and then has the audacity to tell the trainer, can you also make it a first class ticket? Isn't that insane? What in the fuck? So, um, upon returning to New York later in May, Anna relocated to the Beekman Hotel, moving her belong- belongings in a ty- likely rented Tulsa car. 20 days later in June, having accumulated a bill of 11000 over 11000 and failing to d- pay despite repeated promises, she was evicted. Um, so she kept bouncing around from hotel to hotel. And then when finally nobody would take her, she (laughs) went to her personal trainer's place and interrupted a date, waited in the lobby, crying, throwing tantrums, um, because Rachel refused to let her sleep with her. And so she went to her personal trainer and the personal trainer's like, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Like, it's not going to happen. So Anna allegedly deposited two bad checks worth of $15,000 into her account at Signature Bank. And then over the next few days, she withdrew approximately $8,200 in cash before the checks were returned. So she got some of that money out, too. Oh, my God. Okay. So she clearly knows that... I think she's just really naive at this point in her story uh, because I can't remember if she gets arrested and then they let her go on bail. Um, But she goes to 
Oh, yeah, she was arrested. She was arrested on October 3rd, 2017. Oh, no, that was, uh, that something happens and she ends up in New York. While she's in a hotel, she kind of overdoses and they put her, they recommend, this is kind of how the timeline is that they're guessing. Uh, She ends ends up in passages in Malibu. Um. So while she is there, uh, she gets arrested in a sting operation um, that was correlated with the New York Police Department. And uh, Rachel, Anna's former friend, arranged a lunch meeting at a restaurant near the facility in order to convince Anna to leave the rehab facility. And of course, Anna was like, well, yeah, let's go get lunch. You know, just really excited. Yeah. So when Anna left the facility, she was arrested by officers of the Los Angeles Police Department. They took her back to Manhattan. They have her on their chart. At this point, they're charging her with two counts of attempted grand larceny in the first degree three accounts of grand larceny in the second degree, one count of grand larceny in the third degree, and one count of misdemeanor theft of services for fraudulent loan application made by city, national, and fortress, check fraud, and the cost of the trip to Morocco, and unpaid hotel and restaurant bills. So she gets all of this stuff. Yeah, that's a lot of larceny going on. They won't let her go. Uh, they keep her at Rikers Island before the trial starts. So she has to stay at Rikers Island while all of this is going on. She rejects a plea deal that offered her three to nine years in prison. So trial starts on March 20th, 2019. Um, and it's still, she just, I don't think it's like registering in her head what is actually happening. At her request, Anna's defense attorney arranges for a wardrobe stylist to source outfits for her court appearance. What? Yeah, like a fucking court runway thing. On Friday of the trial, Anna refused to enter the courtroom because she did not want to appear in her prison-issued clothing after her civilian outfit for the day had not been pressed. However, after crying and throwing a tantrum and delaying the trial for an hour and a half, she was forced to appear by the judge. (laughs) Good. This is how her trial starts. It's insane. (laughs) Uh, In the trial, Anna's lawyer defended her by by saying that her intent all along was to repay her debt and that services were given to her in exchange for publicity on Instagram. He described her as an entrepreneur with a compassion, with a comparison to Frank Sinatra, claiming they both created a golden opportunity in New York. On uh, April 25th, uh, 2019, after deliberating for just two days, the jury found Anna guilty of eight charges, including grand larceny in the second degree, attempted grand larceny, and theft of services. Anna was found not guilty of two charges, one attempt, attempted grand larceny in the first degree, relating to the original loan application with City National 
and one in the second degree relating to the alleged theft of $62,000 from Rachel. They found her not guilty. What? So in the documentary, when it shows the trial, it says that Rachel had no problem with Anna buying her expensive lunches, dinners, going out for drinks, buying her clothes, shoes. So they're saying, in a way, it was like a trade of goods. Yeah. It's the way that I understood it. But still, $62,000 on a credit card. It's crazy. And then she turns her friend in. I'm just saying. Um, so in an interview before her sentencing, Anna said, I'd be lying to you and to everyone else and to myself if I said I was sorry for anything. So she just did not give anything. So, um, she actually served, let's see, what did she, I think she served 1920. I think she served two years. Uh, On February 11th, 2021, Anna was released from prison on parole. After her release from prison, uh, she checked into another hotel. Oh, my God. And hired a German camera crew to follow her and film her activities. Six weeks later, in March, she was taken back into custody by ICE for overstaying her visa. She is currently being held in New Jersey County Jail by ICE, awaiting deportation to Germany, um, which she is legally contesting. And in 2022, she did test positive for COVID in prison and was placed in quarantine. Uh, Let's see. An immigration judge ruled that if Anna was freed, she would have the ability to commit fraudulent and dishonest dishonest acts. Well, clearly she wasn't sorry. She told you people she wasn't sorry. You guys let her out on fucking parole. What does she do? The first thing she does? A lavish fucking hotel and starts racking up charges. Like, yeah. What? Yeah, that's crazy. What Absolutely crazy. I don't know. Can you see me? Just... You're a little bit. I'm a little it, dark. But it's very dark, yeah. So if anything shows up on either side of you, and I'm just going to hang up. <laughs> so you so, should probably turn on the light. Yeah, I'm about to. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. I just turned that. I was like, wow, has she been just looking at this dark screen this whole time? No, no, no. Like, I could see your face, and it just slowly got darker and darker until the end of your story, and then mm-hmm. it was just darkness. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hang on. So that, that was pretty good. There we go. Anyways, that is Anna Delvey or Anna, Anna, mm-hmm. Anna, yeah, Anna. Let me just spend everybody else's money, but the money I don't have. Yep. Yep. Holy Anna Christ, Swift. man. So, uh, I mean, she literally went on. It's a really good show on Netflix. It's called uh, Inventing Anna. Okay. Um, and I mean, it's. It's it's coming from the journalist standpoint. Yeah. So you can kind of see how she in, interacts with both the lawyers. Um, and of course, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt because it's probably about 60-40. 40% of truth, 60% of it drama. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy. Like, like why do you live in hotels? Like, you would have saved so much money. I mean, you could have bought... Your own like suite. You just paid bought for a it. fucking house. 
Well, in New York, they don't really do the house things. It's, well, I mean, it don't matter. Still, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy. I'm, like, super mind blown. The, the fact, like, I don't know. All these hotels, like, what hotel these days lets you check in without putting a card on file in the first place? Yeah. So that's mind blowing to start with. And this is, like, this isn't even that long ago. No. There's only not like it's not even that long ago. Ten oh years. My God. Yeah. Like not yeah. even ten years. Not only and and like her visa couldn't have been that long. Like, so she way overstayed her fucking visa. Yeah. How they didn't catch her before. Well, I mean, even if she was in jail and her visa expired, shouldn't they have just sent her to Deported Germany? Ported her ass anyway? Yeah. I mean, that would have been the easier way instead of letting her come out and then a few no. weeks later re-arresting her. Like, can we just talk about, like, how is she paying for her lawyers? And oh, where they are her they parents? They didn't get it done. Oh, okay. Her parents, according to the show, her parents didn't want to have anything. They were done. Like, they were just embarrassed. However, the way the people got money back was uh, Anna was published in New York times netflix paid anna three thousand or sorry three hundred twenty thousand dollars for the rights to her life story which is how they made the uh inventing anna show that money was supposed to go to anna however the new york attorney general's office sued anna in 2019 using the state's son of sam law which prohibits convicts of crimes from profiting profiting from its public uh publicity and force the majority of these funds to be paid in restitution so of all of her fines and judgments so from what i know anna didn't get very much money maybe a little bit after everything was paid yeah uh that she had to pay back um but rachel made out like a fucking bandit she sold her story to okay, let's see. She published a book. She received three hundred thousand dollars for a book deal, uh, where she details her experience with Anna in the Morocco. She also got paid thirty five thousand dollars for an option to televise the rights of her story. But they actually didn't do that and uh, actually gave Rachel her rights back. But she got to keep the $30,000. So she made, uh, let's see, that's what, $335,000 just like that because of her story. So, I mean, pay your $65,000 back and you're still looking pretty, pretty Pretty good. good. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, then again, she also didn't commit a fucking crime. She got fucking used by her friend. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how they got paid because uh, Netflix offered Anna money a shit ton of money and that all went to her dues yeah. and her fines. So, I mean, nobody got paid everything that they were due, clearly, but something's better than nothing. So, yeah. except for Rachel. I'm feeling like Rachel... Made out like a bandit. Yeah. Good for her. All her pain and heartache. There you go. Mm-hmm. Jesus. 
That's so. crazy. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. that's an interesting story. Yeah, it was crazy. That That is like story of an only child gone wrong. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she felt she was entitled and owed everything. I don't like that's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I couldn't believe it. And like I saw the interviews that she did uh, with like 2020. And I think it was from, I think it was between the time she got out of prison and before she got picked up by ICE. Yeah. Or it was right as she was getting picked up by ICE or something like that. And she just doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't see that she did anything wrong. Nothing wrong. Bless her heart. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> like that's a an out of the norm story. Nobody died. Yeah. Nobody died. Nobody was stabbed. Nobody got stabbed. Physically. They yeah, physically. Somebody did get stabbed in the back. But I feel like that was a double stabbing in the back. Like it was. you don't leave your friend with a sixty five thousand dollar credit card bill and you don't rat on your friends and get them arrested. But double stabs. Step step. Okay, well, um, <laughs> my story is as boring as my week has been, so. Oh, good, okay. It won't last very long. Um, I just found this kind of interesting because I was looking through a bunch of, like, abandoned buildings and abandoned structures. I was looking for ghosty stories. Didn't really find a ghosty story. I just found this really huge church that's still standing today, barely, barely Ooh. standing today. Um. But the history of it's pretty cool. I find okay. it very cool. Um, so, yeah, let us take you to Gary, Indiana, which in its glory days of U.S. steel making. Okay. It, it was a bustling town of success and wealth. And then, of course, like all good things, that too came to an end. Um, I did find, like, facts on the town, so... According to the 2010 census, I think they have 80,000 people living in Gary. Okay. But it's right on the outskirts of Chicago. Oh, okay. Part of its demise was a lot of the racial, you know, injustices and racial conflict. Mm-hmm. And then, again, like, U.S. steel making kind of tanked after the Great Depression. Okay. So, the city of Gary was founded in 1906. It was named after Judge Albert Gary, who was the chairman of the U.S. Steel, like a company called U.S. Steel. Um, so there had always been a Methodist church within the city, but in 1916, Dr. William Seaman, who became the pastor of this Methodist church, had this dream of having like this big, lavish, gigantic fucking building made of marble and had like the old school look to it. Okay. This thing is huge. Um, he wanted to expand the religious presence in the neighborhood. Um, and this was to kind of drown out the brothels and the, the crime and the, the stigma that this was a, you know, tacky city. He wanted yeah. it to be very prominent, religious and devout. Got it. Um, so he reached out to, Mr. Gary, and said, hey, could you help us build this church? You know, could you finance it? And Gary said, sure. 
why not? Why the fuck not? Let us put all our money on display from the gloriousness of steel sales. Um, so in 1926, uh, the land was donated by the steel company. So oh. not only did they pay for the land, but they paid for the building of this church. It was designed by Lowe and Bollenbacher Architecture yeah, but- from Chicago. So it was locally built. Mm-hmm. And it's nine stories. Damn. Okay. Nine story fucking building. Uh, it included an adjoining theater called Seaman Hall, which the immaturity in me just giggles every time. <laughs> so much for the brothels. Yep, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, really, bro? Um, so the, the hall itself could seat 1,000 people. Um, This church also contained corporate offices, a gymnasium, huge Sunday school, and a dining hall. So it was massive. Yeah. It's still massive. Like, it's fucking huge. Once the church was completely done, Gary donated a four-manual Skinner organ. And those aren't cheap. Wow. Yes. Huge. That's like one of those big ones, right? Yes. With the pipes and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Donated. It's... Fairly large. So the first service was held October 3rd, 1926, and one year later had a congregation of over 1,700 people. Wow. This included... Did it say how many people showed up the first day? No, it didn't. I should have looked, but I did look. Like, I have six tabs open, but none of them said how many showed up the first day. I'm sure it was quite a few. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly successful. Yeah. It had six staff members, including an assistant minister, a directors of athletics and Christian education, a music master, and a secretary. So wow. they were like their own little business. Yeah. Yes. Since opening in October, the pastor, Seaman. I can't. Like, I can't. I'm so, like, it's so, and it's. He had an ever-growing group of detractors who complained about the Roman Catholic overtones because it was Methodist. And that it was merely a monument to himself. So not only did it, like, speak in volumes to the pastor, but it also showed that Gary was willing to spend thousands of dollars on this thing. I think I read somewhere that in today's language it would cost a couple million. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There was a group... Immediately after the opening of this church, they labeled the building Siemens Folly. Right? Like, so his idea of, like, trying to make the town seem more, you know, devout and Methodist or whatever, holy, it kind of fucking backfired because. He he needed to do what Anna did, just create his own, his new name. (laughs) Create a foundation, you know. Just, you know. Change your last name. It'll be all right. So, unfortunately, at the time of the building, even though they had 1,700 followers, the maintenance and the upkeep for the church started to really wear on the city, even though it was still in its early days and they had a lot of followers. They saw, like they started to realize the upkeep for this building is going to be a lot more than they're going to get in. Yeah. Tithing. Yeah. This was one of the downfalls for the church. So the church managed to find a way to navigate around the race relations in the area. 
Okay. They did open it up to Latinos and Eastern Europeans. Those guys were allowed to go, like, go to the community hall and do their religious, you know, neutrality stuff. They were there for artistic and civic events. But the black residents weren't allowed to do worship, but they were allowed to rent out the various buildings. So they could use the theater or they could use the uh, gym. So, okay. like, that was their way of getting around it, but they yeah. weren't allowed to worship, okay. which is silly. Yeah, I mean. In 1929, Seaman grew unpopular among his parishioners due to his views and methods, and he was involuntarily transferred to Ohio. They said, get the fuck out of our church. We'll let the assistant minister take over. Your views are fucking skewed. Clearly, you're not a man of God. Get the fuck out. Wow. So they involuntarily made him go to some church in Ohio to preach. Didn't know that, that you could do that, but. He must have. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how all that works, but. He must have really, really fucked up somehow, some way. To have to be able to involuntarily remove your preacher. Right. Whew, okay. Well. Funny enough, nobody liked the assistant minister either. Ugh. So with that, they brought fucking Pastor Seaman back real quick. Oh. Yeah, so he didn't so stay so preaching bad. in Ohio very long. <laughs> okay. They would rather this guy than the assistant. So unfortunately, in 1944, William Seaman died in an automobile accident. His body was oh. cremated and returned to the city of Gary to be entered into the church sanctuary, which was in his will. So his ashes are somewhere in this building. Good luck finding him. Yes. They're probably in the organ pipes, which are now stolen and melted elsewhere. During the Great Depression, the church, of course, struggled financially to get the funding it needed to upkeep maintenance and the staff. And so the church started leasing out portions of the building to the local college oh, okay um so gary college actually used part of the church as a satellite campus and then after world war ii the indiana university center used a portion of seaman hall and then in 49 indiana university northwest took over three floors they oh. used as like a satellite campus okay during this time, the city of Gary was enjoying a religious revival, and in 1950, the church's popularity peaked, and the membership surpassed 3,000 members. Wow, good for that. So that's quite the jump from, fuck, we need money, here, colleges use us, just kidding, we have 3,000 members. Yeah. Um, they did continue to rent out those portions, though, to the colleges. Good. Just because, you know, they needed that money yeah. to upkeep. Uh, but after the 1960s and 70s, the city and, of course, the buildings in it started to decline. The congregation consisted mostly of white middle class members. And as jobs and stuff were going away and crime rates were going up, they were getting out. Yeah. In, seven, in 73, membership fell to about 320. Dang. And only a third of them attended weekly. Wow. So, a okay. hundred people went to church weekly, religiously, <laughs> religiously. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. So, 
Of course, with only 100 people, they weren't getting enough money from offerings to pay the bills. And the repairs were getting beyond the joke at this point. Like, yeah, they were just letting the building crumble around them. Uh, they did try to sell the building to another congregation, but they weren't interested because the cost of repairing the building was more than they were willing to put in. And so they, the city closed the church in 1975. October 5th, 1975 at that. So it made a good 50-year run. Yeah. Legit. Okay. Like, you closed on your 50th year anniversary. Almost. Though the church was closed, the Indiana University continued to use the hall as its satellite campus until it started to become uninhabitable by the students just based on the building falling apart. Yeah. In 94, it was added to the National Register of Historic Places. So this ensured that the building wouldn't be demolished, even though it's in huge disrepair. Slowly, people attempted to renovate it or get funds or do charities to raise money to repair the church. But then the great Gary Arson of 97 happened and multiple buildings within that area caught fire, including a good portion of the church. Oh, no. <laughs> so, and funny enough, October of 97, uh, a fire started on a second floor of Goldblatt's department. Uh, which was just north of the Broadway shopping mall. This fire spread super quick because all of the buildings were in bad shape, all abandoned, like shit yeah. everywhere. It's going to just burn. Go, Yeah. Yeah. From there, the fire just spread, and then it took out the Genesis Towers building and most of the church. Luckily, nobody was killed. Nobody got caught in the collapse of, like, the firefighters tried their best to put out the fire, but... At this point, like, why waste resources on shit that's going to burn down? Yeah. Uh, this caused most of the roof to collapse within the church, so the various buildings, and thus accelerating the building's deterioration. Um, in 2011, a portion of the roof in the sanctuary caved in, and from there, it, like, people graffitied it, destroyed what was yeah. remaining. Like, the only thing they couldn't destroy were the huge fucking marble and concrete pillars and yeah. like the ornate windows and like the, all of that is stone and you know yeah concrete or whatever so the city of gary has had a plan to like take down a lot of the structure like and make it an open air greenhouse type thing to use for wedding events or yeah you know photographic things uh they wanted to call it a ruins garden so they were going to make it really nice on the inside and then sell it out for that. But they keep mothballing the plan because even though they're trying to destroy parts of the church to make room for this, it still costs a lot of money. So like either way yeah. you look, restoring yeah. it or just destroying it to make it into something else is more than the city can afford. Yeah. Okay. The building is still on the registry, so it's still standing. Um, but now they're just trying to figure out the best way to go forward in order to make this like an urban tourist photograph rentable wedding venue thing. Yeah. I looked to see if there were any haunty stories. Nope. Evidently this church was very holy. Okay. Well, no ghosties to be found. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody died in the fire. So no ghosties from fire. 
2019, they did put a historical landmarker there, just explaining the history of the church, like when it was built, who owned it, you know, why it was built. Um, the church does remain a symbol of urban light. A lot of photographers visit it. Like there are so many pictures of this building. And even though it's in ruins, like the pictures themselves are beautiful. A lot of the stained yeah. glass windows, like portions of them are still intact. Oh, cool. So that's really pretty. Like, and imagine yeah. if they could get the funds. I think that it might just be they're going about it the wrong way to get funds. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's a historical marker. I'm sure if they did some sort of charity event or fuck, like, do a photography contest or something. Or, yeah. like, there could be so many ways to fund this getting turned into that urban ruin garden thing that they want. But I do know, like, if you want to visit the church, you have to get a permit just because the state it's in, like the Got state it. of disrepair. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much those cost. It's probably, again, not enough to go forward with their plan. But I really hope that they do because, like, just looking at this from photography standpoints, like, it's really cool. It makes me want to go. <laughs> get some snapshots before. Yeah, before, like, it looks really cool. Like, all the windows in the main hall are all still standing. There's a portion of the roof that is still, like, it's huge. And it's still there. It's graffiti to fuck. Like, people just put shit everywhere. But, like, it looks really good. I'll have to just send you the links before we post them, but. Yeah, I'll have to take a, I have to, I have to take a look. But, yes, uh, unfortunately, it's still a very tiny town. Even with 80,000 people, it's pretty spread out, and there's still a lot of abandoned buildings and stuff in the area. Um, but, but, yeah, like, I thought this was really cool. I was like, oh, man, abandoned buildings. There's some green stuff growing in it. Oh. And then your brain goes, oh, man, I wonder how long it would actually take for the world to take over its own territory. But it doesn't look like it would take this place long. Like, there's vines and shit all over it. Looks yeah, really yeah. So that's my story. Very short, to the point. I liked it though. Looks really cool. There's so many pictures. I mean, uh, well, I'm excited. Pictures. I'm actually gonna have pictures for your stories. I'm not like, gonna have to go dig some up. Even old Pastor Seaman with his fucking ashes in the church. Like, there's no residual ghosty preachings there. Well, that's because he's at peace. I'm a little disappointed. Oh. I wanted some sort of ghostiness. Mm. But no, nothing. There's a yeah. fucking bottle, and then there's graffitied words say burn above the fireplace and then there's an arrow like with really five-year-old handwriting that says there's no turning back or something pointing to the door but other than that oh and somebody spray painted you know the fucking 666 and you know yeah pentagram and because that's real cool yeah I mean, not as cool as your story. Like that shit's just my. I like here's, my. That's cool. I mean, he should have. Seaman should have taken a note from Delby and just changed his last name. <laughs> but I'm just saying, he created himself. Apparently, you can do that. Yes. So. But yeah, so there you go. The City Methodist Church, Gary, City? Indiana. Awesome. Done. I like it. It was beautiful. Beautiful story. Beautiful. That's kind of. It's interesting. It's amazing the money people will spend. We both had money stories. What's amazing? 
it's like this church only lasted 50, 50 years. years. Like, and it's and it hit the peak of its prime, like at the very end, after the fucking yeah. Great Depression and World War Two. Yeah. I guess people really needed to find God after that war. Probably. And then, yeah. boom, 300 people, only a third of that was regular. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, the monument's still there. The amount of money that was put into this building just to up and leave it? Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Hey, at least he didn't end up like some of those pastors where he was smuggling money and larceny. and. That is true. Yes. That is very true. I'm, oh. I'm kind of curious what he did to piss off his con- congregation, though. Although he did say, well, no. Aren't the Methodists, aren't, aren't they like the nice ones? I have no idea. Hmm. I have I have no idea. There are so many different religious practices. So many different. Like, but, okay. Yeah. Maybe he was too uh, Catholic. You never know. You never know. All right. Well. Those are our stories. Those are our stories. Yep. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thank you. We appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the stories. I did. Uh, G did message me and say he listened. You pronounced it close enough. Close enough. And then like on, on an unrelated note, he now wants waffles. He now wants waffles. <laughs> so, I just well, figured gee. I would pass that along. I hope that you have received your waffles by the time you hear this. And I tried. I tried really hard. Yes. I'll take close enough. I feel like I'm winning. I feel like I can do anything now. This week's going to be great. I got G's approval. Yes. Hope he got his fucking waffles. Yes. It's going to be great. Great times. All right. Well, All the dot coms. Did you want to mention our new Fandangled? Yeah. Uh, but I want you to do it because you're the one that fucking rocked my world before we started this podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to let you share. All right, guys. So we found a new way to provide you guys awesome merch the most awesome merch so we've got well we will have mugs travel mugs hats shirts totes whatever you know stickers of course that that's a never never fail um but we will be hosting our merch on redbubble and you will be able to find it through our website coffeechaoschatter.com so we will have a link in there that will take you directly there and uh, you guys will be supporting us. We'll get a percentage of the profits. And this way, like, we don't have a plethora of merchandise just hanging around. But we can offer you a whole everything. plethora of merchandise. Yes. We can offer you everything. So we will be building that up. Hopefully by the time this podcast releases, we'll have it up and running. And you guys can go check it out. Yes. Yes. Redbubble. Redbubble. And I will. And we'll also post the link on the socials. Yes. So, but it, it will be mainly on the the website. Yep. It's so exciting! It's got everything, guys. Everything: bags and mugs and shirts and stickers, stickers and magnets and hats and masks. It's really good. Sabrina's so, so excited. excited. <laughs> 
So we will be offering you guys merch and that's exciting. That's exciting. That's our new thing. And, um, also new, which, uh, we made a post about it. Y'all will have seen it by the time this comes out, but we have new ways. If you don't want to become a patron donator, uh, we do have PayPal now and cash app. Uh, you can make donations on there if you want to. And that just kind of helps keep everything up and running. Um, you don't have to, we appreciate you listening, but some people just don't like the monthly subscription. So if you just kind of want to make like a one-time donation, that would be cool. But, um, we appreciate y'all listening. Yeah. Hope you enjoy the episodes. Yeah. Until next time. <laughs>